I do want to thank you for being here this morning. What a way to start off a new year. But in God's house, with God's people, hearing His promises in song and in, in teaching and learning that we had this morning in Sunday school and in song and worship up here, and how great it is to be where we are today. 2016, for a lot of people, was not a good year. 2016 was a year of, of heartaches, a year of burdens. 2016, there was, a, there was people that in this very church, in this community, in our families that lost loved ones. Friends, 2016, there may have been somebody here today that maybe your job disappeared or it went away. 2016 was a year that some of us had some things to be happy for. I had two of the best-looking grandbabies that's ever been born <laughs> given to me this year. In 16. If you have your Bibles with you today and you want to read along with us, you can turn to Deuteronomy 1, verses 6 through 8. But in Deuteronomy 1, this was Moses' last sermon to the children of Israel. This was his last commandment that God gave him to go out and tell the children of Israel. Now, in verse 1, now we're just going to give you the little synopsis here, 1 through 5. 1 through 5, God has told Moses to go speak to the children in the wilderness east of Jordan. Now, I'm going I'm to tell you this in southern terms, and I'm going to see how many of y'all understand what I'm talking about. God told Moses, everything you see over there, everything you see over yonder, and everything coming up ahead of you is already yours. It's been defeated, it's been wiped out, and it's been annihilated, so get up and go get it. That's what verses 1 through 5 are. Now how many of you know how far over yonder is? Now, over yonder, that's a right for a piece. How many of you know what that is? It's a long, long way. But in verse 6, this is how Moses tells the people. This is what God gave Moses to tell them. Verse 6, The Lord our God has said unto us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Now think about where you're at right now. God told the children of Israel, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Verse 7. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, Go to the neighboring lands of the Arab 
and to the mountains on the western foothills and the Nugawa and along the coast and to the land of the Canaanites and the Lebanon. Verse 8. See, I have given you this land. Go in, take possession of the land the Lord swore He would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Now, how many of you, and you don't have to show your hands, but in your mind, how many of you are happy where you're at? There's nothing wrong. Everything is joyful. Everything is great. You have not a problem. You have no cares. Everything that you desire is right with you. Now the reason I said in your mind is because if you raised your hand, I was going to direct you to the altar. Because God has told us it's time to break camp. It's time to move away from whatever has possession of you that is keeping your joy, your happiness, your hope, and your family down. He is saying, get up from there and go out to what I've already given you. Our family has saw its share of heartaches over the years. If in 1997, when I left the state of Alabama and I came to Missouri to go to work, if you had told me in 97, by the time our children graduated high school, both their grandfathers would be gone, I wouldn't have believed you. When I moved back up, or Katie and I moved to Alabama and then we moved back up, if you'd have told us we'd have lost more family members, I wouldn't have believed you. Everything was good. We have had heartaches, just as you have had heartaches. There have been burdens in our life, just like there's been burdens in your life. The book of Ecclesiastes in the third chapter, it says there is a time and a season for all things. This past summer, we, we lost Katie's mother. I lost my person to aggravate during football season. That's what I lost. Because I could call her up and say two words and get an argument started. All I had to do was when she answered the phone, say, roll tide, and it was on. She was an Auburn fan. Her favorite player was Scam Newton. I mean, uh, Cam Newton. And everything that we did was based on love. And it was hilarious to go down to her house because you, I don't even watch them games no more. My blood pressure gets high. My religion goes away. I don't watch them. Well, if you happen to slip in the door and not close it, the wood door where it made the racket and you walked in the living room, it was, oh, I don't know who put it on that channel. I don't even watch that stuff. And start changing it. 
she would break camp and run. Some of you in 2016, your work, you've been camped there for years. And maybe God's telling you now's the time to break camp and go. Go find something new. Go find something different. A gentleman that I worked with for about a year, Conrad was about 68 or 70 years old. And he wanted something to do. So he came to work with us. Now, what I do now is, I, well, I, I've done it for 30-some years. I play with chickens. That's what I get to do every day. I go out to farmers, investment, their home, their livelihood, and I get to go in and play with chickens. Now, I'm with a company now that we're as close to the old grandmother and grandfather operation as you can get. And it's small operations by small farmers but it's as close to the backyard farm that you can get. Every morning we open doors and we turn birds outside. We let them go out and play in the grass and in the weeds and fly up in the trees. And then we let them back in at night. Well, Conrad had started in the poultry business before I was born. Conrad was working for a man that he's probably, well, he passed away a few years ago, but his family still runs one of the largest poultry companies in the world. And he was in the inner circle with Don Tyson. And they were looking at going into China with the poultry industry. This is, this is years and years and years. Conrad was a young man when this happened. So Conrad and another gentleman went to China to see what they needed to do to be able to raise chickens, to be able to process and to have chicken and have a connection in that market back to the United States. Conrad was a Christian man. Conrad raised his family in church. Conrad went to church. Conrad, Sunday school teacher. Conrad, deacon of a church. Conrad, leader of a small group. Conrad was a godly man. And he went to China. Never been there before in his life. When he got off the plane and started to cross the runway, that's back when they parked you out on the runway and you walked down a ladder and you walked across the parking lot, dodging the buggy carriers that had your luggage on it, trying not to get hit. In the rain, the sleet, and the cold, they just let you out. And there you went. 
as Conrad went down those steps and he got on the ground, God said, this is yours. Conrad was excited. See, Conrad not only was a godly man, Conrad was a man. Conrad wanted to be a millionaire. That was why he was working with Don Tyson for his livelihood, for his family. He wanted to become a millionaire. And he thought, God just told me I'm going to be a millionaire and he's gave me China to make it in. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to do such a great job. Nobody else has ever seen what things I'm going to do. And Conrad said that as he started walking in, to the, to the airport, God said, that soul's lost. That soul's lost. That soul is lost. He said in his mind, he was just hearing God tell him over and over and over again, this is yours. That one's lost. This is yours. That one needs salvation. This, one is, this is your land, but that one needs to know the story of my son dying on the cross. So Conrad said they went about their business. They talked to the people there in China. Things looked great. Everything was wonderful. But Conrad said he couldn't sleep. Every night he tossed and turned. And he said finally he just got out of bed one night, knelt down beside the bed, and he said, God, I want to be a millionaire. And I want to be a missionary for you. You're going to have to take one of these away. Conrad said, be careful what you ask for. Conrad went back to Springdale, Arkansas. Walked in Don Tyson's house. Didn't wait till he got to home to the office the next day. He went to his house that night and told him, I'm going back to China. Don said, was it that good a visit? And he said, the best one I've ever had. Tyson went home, I mean, Don went home, or not Don, Conrad, went home, told his wife and children, I'm breaking camp. I'm moving away from this mountain. This mountain that's got my back. Nobody can climb over from the back of it and come down on top of me. Nobody can get around it on either side without me knowing it. And if they're coming at me straight on, I can see them. But Conrad said, I went home and I told my wife and my children, I'm breaking camp. I'm leaving what I'm safe in. I'm leaving where I'm comfortable. I'm leaving where I know. I'm leaving what is precious to me to go and take what God has already set forward for me to have. There's people in this room today that need to break camp. There's people here this morning that need to get out of our comfort zones. There are people here today that have encamped around the bottom of a mountain long enough. 
Now, if you go down to North Alabama, and I, I firmly suggest that you do, it's, it's, it's where God rested on the seventh day. Now, it's just beautiful down there. Got some of the prettiest women, best looking men you'll ever want to see. That's where God sat down and rested. But all over down in northeast Alabama, we've got these signs up. And if you're a child growing up in, in, in any, time, any town in northeast Alabama, you've heard the stories and all the details that go along with these signs, and it's just to get you to hush and think about it. It's a simple little sign. Look out for fallen rock. Of course, you know, in our growing up in our day and age, it was, well, they mean look out for fallen rock. And then you've got this big, long, elaborate story of this brave Indian out hunting his Indian maiden, and his name was Falling Rock. And then you had all this whole story of how he was looking for her and hunting her down and trying to find her. Well, let me tell you something. If you live at the bottom of a mountain, sometimes rocks fall. Sometimes rocks will land in your camp. Sometimes those rocks look huge, and sometimes they're just little bitty pebbles. But they're still a rock. There are people here this morning that have camped out on their salvation and their faith in the same, and if, I'm, if you're offended by this, I am sorry. But somebody and some people this morning have camped out in the same pew, in the same spot, on the same row, in front of the same songbook every Sunday morning since you said, Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And you haven't moved an inch. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings with that. I'm not trying to drag anybody down with that. I'm just saying... You've missed out on a lot of blessings because you haven't gotten out of your comfort space and took one step to the east, north, south, or west and told somebody else what God has done for you. We get comfortable. We don't want to go anywhere else. Conrad was real comfortable working for Don Tyson. But he left and became a missionary. And to sit down and to listen to those stories that Conrad can tell you. Because he broke camp. He went out and did what God wanted him to do. Now, again, I, I hope I didn't hurt anyone's feelings with the same pew, same row, same song. But it's the truth. It is the God's honest truth. There are churches that have not moved 
And I'm not talking about chasing here and there and going across town. There's churches that have not moved an inch because they haven't broke camp. Well, I know the folks that sit behind me and in front of me. That's all I need. Them good people. Why, well, we hired a new little preacher down there and he ought to be the one going over here. My neighbor needs somebody to come talk to him. Lord, we've got a single mom that's moved in our neighborhood and got kids running everywhere. That, that preacher ought to come do something about that. He needs to come see her. And yeah, the first time the preacher goes and sees the, the single mom in the neighborhood, guess what? You know where he was at last night? You know where, what he was doing? Or do you know who he was with? You know what? There's churches that could grow tremendously if they just break camp and go next door. That won't cost you anything. I'll I'll just see. There are people in our churches that could grow if they would just break camp. You know, like I said, Conrad's 68, 70 years old. He told me, he said, I've never went a day that I didn't have three meals. I've never laid down at night that I wasn't comfortable enough to go to sleep. Conrad said, I've, I've seen people Two weeks before, were throwing rocks at us. Came to us and said, why aren't you running from us? Why don't you go back to where you came from? And then they want to know what give them the strength to stay there and to share the love of God with them. And see those soldiers, to see those villagers, to see those people that were so adamant about getting rid of them, wanting to know more about the God they were serving. Because it was stronger than what they had. Sometimes in our workplace, we have to break camp. Sometimes in our workplace, we have to be the one that stands up and says, this is not moral or ethical, and I'm not going to be a part of it. Some of you are in a position in schools that, that your children are there and, and, and your children are fighting a battle and they're going through struggles and they want to be the one that is a witness but they're afraid to stand up and afraid to share. You need to break camp and get up and tell them it's okay to say, no, I'm not a part of that. Some of you at your work, God may be saying, I need you to go somewhere else. 1997, I, and I, I'll never do this to her again. I did it once, and I learned a lesson. I won't do it again. 1997, I called my wife from a payphone in Boaz, Alabama, to Gunnersville, Alabama, and said, hey, we're moving to Missouri. Pack your bags. Click. 
we knew nobody in southwest Missouri. I mean, we literally, there was not a soul in Carthage, Missouri that I had ever met face-to-face in my life. Didn't know anything about them. And I ain't, I'm not patting on the back up here. I'm just telling you the facts. We, I left the last week of November of 97, started work December 1st of 97 for Butterball Turkey over in Carthage. That summer, Katie and the kids came up. The only person they knew in Carthage, Missouri was me. Our children got involved in church programs. We, we were a, a church-going family. We went to church. I had the pleasure of sitting in our kitchen table, leading Brandon in the sinner's prayer to him accepting Christ at our kitchen table. I had the pleasure of going to an altar and praying with my daughter as she accepted Christ. We grew up knowing there is a God. We grew up in God's house. But in 1997, we broke camp. We left that security that God had had, had we knew. I can stay right here, my whole family's right here. Boy, look here, they got my back. I can stand right here. I can go down and I know every Sunday I'm going to see people that I know. Every Monday I'm going to work with people I grew up with. Every day of the week I'm going to see somebody I know. To me driving Katie around Carthage one night and telling her, just look for the courthouse and you'll get back home. Just look for that courthouse, that big shining limestone building there, and, and find it. Our children got involved in church programs and school activities and stuff that they never had the opportunity to do. Because we broke camp. We got away from what was comfortable, familiar, and everything, and we went. Sometimes you breaking camp is not to grow somebody else, but sometimes you breaking camp is to grow you. Sometimes God is saying where you're at, you're stale, you're stagnant, you're not growing, you're not being useful, and I need you to go because I want you to be more than what you are today. And that's what God was telling the children of Israel. You look all the way around you. We've defeated that king over there to where you have money and nobody has a heartache about being able to pay a utility bill. We beat that king over there and that was the most fertile valley that there was and now you can have food year round because you can grow more than the storehouses can hold. We beat that king over yonder because, you know why? Because now we can cross that river and trade with other people and go and come as we please. 
God said, we beat that king. It's a right for a piece down the road because I needed you to be able to cross through that valley and not have to worry about what was going to be your enemy on the way through. This was Moses' last sermon to the children of Israel. Moses did not get to see them cross in, but God took him. 